With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Welcome back to the Different Knock Podcast, episode number 19, with Alexander Moneypenny and my very, very good and freshly trimmed friend. Freshly sheared. Freshly sheared friend. Bradley Adams. Hi, mate. Bradley Adams. How are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, mate. Good, good, good. Good stuff. I'm saving the coffee for after the pod. I'm going to have a fat coffee. I made blondies yesterday. What's blondies? It's like a like a white flower version of brownies. But like you put like white chocolate in it and stuff. It's like white flour. Is it white flour? I don't... Oh, it's an actual fl- like flour, flour. Yeah, as in like but flour is white. What? <laughs> you could not. I thought in brownies. Yeah, I don't know. I don't bake. I'm terrible at baking. Um, so that was just my um, a, like m- my thought as to what it was, as to why it's different. Um, but it's like as uh, in you you thought the flour was a different color. Well, yeah, because you can get brown flour, can't you? I have no idea, Brad. I'm pretty sure you can get brown flour. This is two people who have absolutely no clue. <laughs> no clue about baking. Um, and uh, But you put, instead of like putting normal chocolate, you put white chocolate and stuff like that. And they're quite nice. Okay. Yeah, it, was a good, it was a good little nice. day. Okay. Was, it, was that your whole day? Just, just, you just made some, some brownies? Oh, and... pretty much. Pretty much. And then I texted you about the inner conundrum I'm having with myself about whether I buy FIFA 21. Yeah. So I have bought it. I, I really like it. Um, the career mode, I just wish that the, the, the gameplay is better than FIFA 20, but it, I just wish there was more kind of to it. I don't know. It just feels like okay, an upgrade on FIFA 20, which obviously it's literally meant to be, but it doesn't feel like much of a kind of a change. If you know what I mean, it doesn't feel like a new game. It just feels like the same. That's why, that's why, that's why I stopped playing. That's why I stopped playing FIFA. Yeah. I stopped playing maybe FIFA 17. I haven't bought a FIFA since. I am... Um, um my house my because I, yeah. I have housemates i can kind of split the cost so it ends up being you know 20 quid but yeah for like 60 quid i don't know if i'd i don't know if i'd pay that yeah this is the thing like i haven't and I, one of the main modes i used to play was ultimate team and you know you'd spend a little bit of money i was i'd like it would be like an extra 40 quid on top over the space of a year or like 50 quid on top of the space of a year which isn't the end of the world but then you kind of notice for, like take it for what it is and actually realize that like you're just throwing money at nothing it's, and it, it's, it's gambling. It's actually gambling. It it's is gambling. gambling. It is gambling. And I, 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 have, I had a friend who shall remain nameless, um, who, like, we kind of joked about it, but I'm sure he spent upwards of one to maybe two grand on Ultimate Team over his time, over over multiple FIFAs, at under 18. And it is, like, it's, it's kind of concerning. Here's the thing, like, gambling also gets a bad rap because... I don't think like I I, mass, I quite like poker, and I don't consider poker like a true form of gambling because you can win in poker with a shit hand. Like obviously it's gambling; you are laying your own money on the line to try and win, but it's not slot machines, it's not roulette, it's not craps where the entire kind of layout of what happens whether you win or lose, is based on luck. It's based on how kind of the ball falls, the dice roll, or the slot lines up. Whereas at least with poker or with blackjack or a few other card games, there's some semblance of skill. Like, you can be a very good player and win with a poor hand. But this is the kind of latter version. This is slot machines. This is like, this is the ultimate version of a slot machine. Like, you have no clue. And at least with a slot machine, they are, like, you can see, you can see a machine. Like, you never know whether FIFA is actually just cheating you. And I'm not saying that yeah. they do. But, like, the 
the percentages and the chances of you pulling these players like a Ronaldo, Messi, a team of the season, a team of the year, are so minuscule. That, and they don't even tell you how minuscule they are that mm. it's got to be considered gambling. Yeah, it's got to be. For kids as well. And it's all, yeah, it's all, well. that's the thing. That's the, I think the insidious part is it's firstly you're, you're, you're pulling the, the, the proverbial slot machine for players and then it's like a separate thing that those players go in a team and you're trying to get that team better. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hidden almost the gambling part of it. It's like, you know, or, or, but you're just trying to get a good player for the team. It's like, well, no, but you're still, you're still just trying to get a good player and get that rush. And also it's for kids. Like it's it, 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 as much as they can say, or, you know, we, you know, it will be whatever you, you, they have to do more to be able to kind of affect that culture. But yeah. 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 No, no, it's difficult, but yeah. So I'm, I'm still 50, 50 as to whether I actually, uh, uh, spend the money because okay. I want it for like I, I like career mode and, and that kind of stuff I do love a bit of a career mode it kind of gets my anger out when Arsenal aren't doing very well because I'll go on and I'll go right insert name of manager here <laughs> here's how you do it it's this easy <laughs> speaking of uh, you get 900 million and sign 12 players yes and you win the league speaking of easy Brad uh, I'm going to try something very hard now okay uh, we're going to start a new section on the show uh, which tests my linguistic my metal my linguistic metal uh it's called arsenal news roundup at the moment i'll give it a snappier title soon a week in arsenal Arsenal beat Rapid Vienna 2-1. Sabahis is declared fit. Luis is injured in a doubt for Old Trafford. Turns out Mustafa is off a new contract in the summer. Arteta opens Albert 9 and feels bad for Saliba. And Arsenal beat Dundalk 3-0 at the Emirates. Come on, mate. Well Come done. Come on. I did it, bro. I did it. Listen, we can spend too much time chatting news. People know what's happened already. Let's just do a little roundup. Do, do a quick little um, bish-bash-bosh. A quick little bish-bash-bosh. Um, yes, there we go. So, as I said in the Arsenal, a week in, what should I call it? A week in Arsenal? A rip-off yeah. of everything I've ever watched? A week, oh, oh. Uh, what should I call well, it? A week up the arse? A week up the arse? <laughs> yep, there we go. It's got the name. <laughs> that was a week up the arse. Um, okay. There has to be the comma. There has to be the comma. What do you mean a week, comma, up the arse? Otherwise you're saying literally, yeah. Otherwise you're literally saying a week up the arse. I, I, I want to call it a week up the arse. Oh, then let's let's call it a week up the arse. If anything, I want to change arse from A-R-S-E to A-double-S. Just go the full hog. Ooh. Uh, no, not like that, Brad. Mind out the gutter. Um... Actually, exactly like that. So, listen, Arsenal won last night against we Dundalk did. 3-0 at the Emirates. Um, yes. Uh, firstly, before we jump into the analysis, I, I don't want to take any credit, Brad. And and again, I don't think we should, you know, perhaps toot our own horns so much. But there was a stat last night that Mohamed El Nani is the first Egyptian to ever uh, captain a English club in European competition. And I just want to give him one of these. The El Nenaissance continues. The um, El Nenaissance continues. I feel like we need... I might just play the jingle here just for old time's sake, not even give you a fact. Um, yeah. Just Mohamed El Neni is an Egyptian football player. There's your fact. <laughs> there you go. Things you didn't know about Mohamed El Neni. Mohamed El Neni's name backwards is El Neni Mohamed. <laughs> there you go. Actually, what would it be backwards? It would be Yenenle Om. Yeah. So, listen. Um, good game last night, I thought. Overall, before we sort of jump into the specifics, I felt we got the job done, uh, which is the first time I think we've done that since sort of like maybe the Sheffield game I feel like we've we've gone out and just gone right we need to get this fucking done um, and we did uh, yes overall what are your sort of feelings this morning uh, yeah so like uh, feeling quite confident um, but you know with that six points from six which is great we're, we're lucky that we don't obviously have kind of a slightly more difficult team for that third team with Mulder but kind of giving us that 
that room to breathe where we are now six points from six looks like we're going to qualify well we would we should qualify we don't qualify out of this group it's pretty much a sackable offense right It'd be horrific <laughs> could you imagine yeah <laughs> but um it kind of yeah. just gives us the freedom in the last kind of few games now that we've got that six points from six where we can really kind of we can play Balogun more we can play smith row more maybe we can really kind of edit with the lineup and feel comfortable because we have that cushion i think it shows how little i pay attention to the europa league that i actually don't know if we play everyone twice in the in the group stage oh god yeah i think we do oh we do we do oh no of course because we of course we do because we we're home last night keep up alex but you know yeah yes. but it, it just i mean it speaks to the europa league and how no one gives a shit about I, it i quite literally don't care <laughs> like um, I'll, I'll, care, also, I'll care if and when we get to the final. That's when I'll yeah. care. Yeah, yeah, like quarterfinals, semifinals, I start to start to prick up my ears. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it, um, there, was a, there was a thing around last night, which was, have we ever lost a Europa League group game? Um, I don't want to put you on the spot here, Brad, but can you remember? Mm, I'm going to say yes, because it would be a very Arsenal thing to do. We have, and it was, you're right, a sackable offence when Unai, uh, we lost the Eintracht Frankfurt game. Eintracht Frankfurt is that? Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. So we may have we may have lost others, but that was the that was the one that came up. Um, so yes, uh, onto the lineup. Then we had uh, Runison making his debut, despite uh, who scored here, thinking Leno and Ma- and Gabriel played. Uh, Runison made his debut. We had a sort of a bit of a weird ramshackled hmm. uh, defense with Xhaka dropping in uh, in a three in that early early um, sort of build up and stuff. Uh, Maitland-Niles came in, Cedric came in, um, our boy Elneny played, and we had uh, Nelson and Ketia and Pepe up front. Um, it was also encouraging to see Balogun on the bench, and I know we'll get onto mm-hmm. him later, but it was, yeah, nice to see that, firstly, Runison, I, th- I think I said in the previous podcast that Runison, um, I-, I would have been concerned had he not started this game. Um, yeah. I think he looked pretty good. Yeah, I think it's dif- it's a difficult test. I mean, he didn't do anything, but... <laughs> it's, it's, it's a difficult test because looking good against Dundalk and looking good against, you know, even kind of like Norwich, like championship sides, there's such a kind of a dearth in quality yeah. between the two. You think, and I know Norwich always comes to my head because, you know, I'm madly in love with Emi Buendia. <laughs> Classic. But you 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 think of players like Timu Puki, Emi Buendia, Todd Cantwell, Max Ahrens. You you think of that quality, even though you know they were a bit shit in the Premier League as a team, they needed to sort themselves out defensively. They've still got such a like a higher quality of player than um, even for a Championship team, let alone kind of bottom Premier League, middle Premier League teams. So I would still be worried. That Welcome if, to the Norwich podcast. <laughs> so I'd still be worried if um, if Leno went down with an injury that was long term about how Runison would adapt and would, is he kind of the quality? Which is why I still think with Macy leaving in the summer, we might see another second choice goalkeeper come in. Yeah. And Runison move to that third choice. But I think that, also will massively depend on how he plays. If he gets a chance in, say, the Carabao or the FA or even the league and plays really, really well, we could just see us promote a youth goalkeeper. Yeah, we had Carl Hine on the uh, on the bench last night. I, I don't know anything about him, but mm. potentially no clue. something to, to look at there. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I thought Runison was... I have a very, very, very small pool, but he looked comfortable with the ball at his feet. He looked, he, he, dis- which is good. He dis- exactly. He distributed quickly. He seemed um, switched on. Um, he looks, he looks quite young, but he kind of his frame fills the fills the goal, which is always something I look for. Um, yeah, I, 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 I guess what I'm saying is I'm optimistic that Runison is maybe not as far behind as we thought he was. But equally, I am aware that it was Dundalk and mm. their centre their centre back and captain looks like my geography teacher um, from school. So yeah, it, it um it kind of yeah we'll we'll, we'll wait and see on Runison. Um, so in the sort of first bit of the game, uh, I, I felt we were frustrated. We obviously had Jacka dropping into that sort of middle of a back three. It was kind of he wasn't. People were saying he was playing centre back. 
I don't... Th- not really. It depends how you define it. Because in our build-up play, he's dropping into the middle of a back three and kind of and kind of doing that job, which I don't think he's actually crazily bad at. But to say he was a centre-back would be... Um, yeah. I Wrong? <laughs> it kind of felt like Mustafi and... Kalazanak became almost the two centre-backs. Xhaka moved a slightly forward into that DM role and then Maitland-Niles was kind of that auxiliary left-back. And Suarez on the right, who I actually thought had a decent game, you know, put in, put in a shift and... Really, really good. You know, for the first time, I didn't feel sick seeing him in an Arsenal shirt, so... <laughs> he needs to stop shooting, but yeah. 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 Like, he certainly had one or two shots yesterday. I was like, please, just just don't. Just leave That's it to the, someone else. Like, it was a, I think it was a tough start for us. You know, we, from a team that we didn't really expect it to be, they kind of, I wouldn't say had us on the back foot, but I mean, they got the first shot on target. Yeah. Which is kind of a good barometer of kind of the way that first passage is going is whether they're, um, and we were sucked into some silly fouls. Yeah, we, we early on. There was, I think, over the game, I think we, we conceded 20 fouls and they conceded none, which is the first time in, in potentially either Europa League, certainly in the Europa League and maybe in European competition, that team has not con- mm. committed any fouls in a game, which is incredible. Um, yes, uh, yeah, I thought, I, I, as, as you say, I thought they contained us really well in that first half. I think we were on top and that, that stayed the whole game. I mean, it was just I, the quality that showed us through. Yeah, I, I can't remember them getting out of their half any particular that obviously they did but you know not to any particular end I didn't feel threatened by them at all um, mm. but they weren't expected to threaten you know they're a, no. with, with all due respect to them you know they're, 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 they play in, a, in in the Irish division and, and, the, and the jumping quality between that and the Premier League is, is huge and that's not a a, a a value judgment that's just that's just the, the case you know and you could see I think in some of their build up play and in some of their, their, their passes yesterday that they're just not quite at the, at the level and that's you know, I think what's um, I was thinking during the game yesterday that there's a when you play small teams, there's a kind of expectation that you you're always just going to lump them seven nil. But actually, you know, they sat in in that first half and they were really compact. And it's a credit to them had they, you know, maintained that over the ninety minutes. I could see us being frustrated. They they were you know they they defended really really well. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I think in a low block, this is something that it's kind of a problem for us more generally. I, I tweeted um, a picture of, of the pitch and there was uh, basically sort of the line of our, our attack and the line of our sort of midfield and, and, and further back. And then just this huge gaping chasm where the referee was stood, but no Arsenal player was stood. And I was concerned, certainly in the first half, that we wouldn't be able to break down that low block. And we were, if you look at our heat maps, um, we're we're pretty sort of, sort of horizontal we're, we're, we're occupying those sort of wide zones a lot um and it did concern me before we scored that potentially we were going to be frustrated because they were playing very compact and there would that sort of i don't want to call it the number 10 space because i think it's it's not quite as simple as that you don't just have someone hanging out there you, you get players to drive into it you get players to link out of it joe willip tried to do a bit of that but it, it does concern me that that space doesn't f- always feel like it's being it doesn't feel like it's being looked after. It is that space. Yeah. It is that space that's always felt dominated either by in kind of old forms of traditional number 10, your Meza Ozil's, your James Rodriguez's, Zinedine Zidane, you know, you're, you're talking about like a cam sitting in that space. We don't really have one of those. Well, we do, but we're just not registering him. And I'm not saying I'm not, again, I'm done with the conversation, but as in that's just a fact now. We've not registered him. So what we are lacking, whether it's a 10, is an 8-10 who can drive into that. Now, I think that Ceballos could do that, but I think it depends who he's playing with. Ceballos isn't going to do that when he, when he's playing with certain players, just like I don't think Willock is probably the most adept at doing that anyway. So I think it's very important that we need one in January. If we can get if we can get some players out, then 
we we would hopefully sign one. Obviously, if there are no outgoings, we're not going to sign anyone because the squad's full. I, th- I think you're right about Willock. He he's a player who, for me, feels a bit more of a sort of a late arriver, a bit more of a. Um, mm. We'll talk about his goal later, but someone who kind of can. I'm not saying. I think the Ramsey comparison is not quite right, but it's not far off in terms of the way he 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 kind of he does a bit of a lot of defensive work as well. Unai Emery needs to go to jail for crimes against humanity, letting that man leave on a free transfer. I think you could have just finished that sentence. Uh, humanity, really, you don't need <laughs> you don't you don't need any more. <laughs> I can't. I can't, like the amount of damage that man did to our club. Imagine yeah. if we had an Aaron Ramsey in this recovering. midfield. I know, I know. Imagine it, Thomas Partey, Granit Xhaka, Osobios and Aaron Ramsey. I know. It's, yeah. And he wasn't the most creative, but still at least he drove and gave us something. But it is that driver. And, and Willock doesn't quite occupy that. He he sort of drifts a bit. He tends to drift a bit more out to the side and he's not quite, um, not quite that sort of central player. But if he, imagine the sort of, the, the kind of Wenger ball build up. Hmm. And that kind of um, edge of the box play, you think of that Rosicki goal, you think of that um, that Wilshire goal against Norwich, the sort of Ooh. classic examples of what that Ooh. is, right? But I, we don't play that, and that's fine. We play a bit more of a kind of, at the moment, attacking-wise, I'm not quite sure what we're going for, but it's clear what we're going for in our build-up and our, in our sort of moving forward phase. And I'd love to see a bit more of a kind of, maybe it's, you know, on the, on the edge of the D, that kind of link-up. But if we want to play that, and we, you know, because there, there was a question asked last night about a sort of a target man, especially in that first half, we were getting balls into the box and kind of whipping it in from deep and kind of, but to who? To Inketia, to 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 Nelson? You know, these guys aren't, aren't aerial presences. They're they're you know they're technical. Yeah. Um. And you know, Inketia obviously, as he showed with the goal, is a is a is a fantastic poacher. And, you know, I, I'm just interested, I suppose I'm asking the question, what is our attacking philosophy at the moment? I can't really seem to work it out. And I thought maybe against Dundalk, we'd, and I don't want to be negative here, I know we won 3-0, but I can't seem to work out what we were trying to do in that first half. We got the goals from basically what were, you know, a dropped ball from the goalkeeper, a bit of quality from, um, a, you know, a deflected shot from Pepe and an, an, an incredible bit, bit of quality. Mm. Now, individual quality is amazing, and we got, and, and we have that over them. But I didn't see it came from any kind of you know attacking phases or any kind of incredible passing moves that we you know even even what we saw against potentially against you know Fulham against these teams. You know that that looked like an identity. I just you know are we playing if we're not going to play that 8 10 role and fill up that space that's fine and if we're going to go down the wings and try and try cutbacks and stuff but we won't try and cutbacks the only thing that i could really see and i'm sorry i'll get to the point eventually the only thing that i could really see is is us getting balls into the box so i suppose that's two questions what like what do you think it is and secondly if we're going to be getting the balls into the box which i don't think is our plan do we need a target man do we need someone in january maybe who's a bit you know there's a there's a Swedish striker um, in our in our academy who's who's six three. You know, is it is it worth just bringing him on? <laughs> like, you know, what what? I know that sounds a bit facetious, mm, but it, it's yeah. it's strange. And you know, before we get to the goal and, and kind of things looking up, it did feel a little bit like what are we doing. Uh, I I kind of would agree. It was. I th- also think that this is a difficult match to judge it on because look at the lineup. You know, we're not. Out of all, we've we've not ex- exactly got a, an absolute plethora of central midfielders at the moment, and the one that you could argue could be that driving eight ten is Sabios, and he's not on the pitch, so we're not going to occupy that space. So we're not going to be playing the type of football that would involve occupying that space. So I think that I I agree that it is slightly concerning that we don't really have almost the philosophy or identity, at least with Wenger. You saw that, whether it was working, whether it wasn't, and whether we were shite defensively. We, you could see what we were trying yeah, to Yeah, you could see that we were always trying to do something with the ball. And it was always kind of pass and move football and very fluid. Whereas this at the moment seems very rigid. And I think that, especially in this game, it's for a couple of reasons. One, it's about the footballers on the pitch. You know, you've got Kalazanak who can't pass to save his life. Oh my God. You've got, you know... Mustafi, who is always a liability, who everyone else on the pitch is probably going to spend more time worrying about than anything when it comes to him. So 
I think this is a difficult game to try and take a shape from because it's not like we've got we've got a very deep squad, but we don't have quality. Yeah. So I don't want to say we've got a deep squad. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I don't feel comfortable putting these lineups out, even against Dundalk, because I th- always think Mustafi's got a howler in him. Kalazanak's got a howler yeah. in him. We could easily lose this game 2-0 because of that. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't matter the opposition. So they'll make mistakes. Mm. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But I would agree with you that I think that having a target man wouldn't be the worst idea because I think that you always have to have a plan B and I think that's what Wenger lacked especially in the latter years it was a stubborn philosophy to go no we're going to win this way no matter what and I respect it I respect it because you know the man was a genius and he stuck to his guns but sometimes you do just need that second option off the bench and Olivier Giroud was perfect at that I think our issue at the moment is we have well obviously we're giving Enketia minutes we're giving Balogun minutes, which is, you know, going to be great for us moving forward. But they don't offer much different to Aubameyang, almost in, like, neither of them are physical presences in the air. I don't think from what I've seen so far, obviously, Balogun could be, but we've not Looks seen Looks like enough. he can pin a defender, but he's had, what, 30 minutes? <laughs> exactly, I mean, 20 minutes. exactly. So our issue is, is our two main strikers at the moment. Uh, one of them is kind of like that pacey forward who's a great finisher, going to get in behind, going to dribble, going to finish. And then the other one is, I mean, I can't even say what he is. Who knows anymore? A French Smurf? Yeah, a French Smurf. Thank you, Hugh Wizzy, for letting me steal your lines. Um, And we need need a second option. We need to sell Lacazette, play Aubameyang through the middle, buy a target, even if it's, it doesn't, doesn't have to be a target man but a player that plays differently a different option a, a different, different option. style and a, t- and a target man wouldn't be the worst ideas because you've got pepe can deliver a decent ball with his left nelson can deliver a gr- decent ball with his right saka decent ball with his left william decent ball with his right you've got players who can whip across in mm. so maybe in january but more likely i think in the summer when we can start to make these big moves we might see a lacazette moving out and a different profile of striker coming in yeah, I, I I think you know. To listen, I'm not suggesting. Oh, I, I haven't seen Arteta's attacking philosophy. Well, Wenger did it. Why? Why can't? Why haven't you done it? Wenger Wenger had 22 years at a club to imprint his his philosophy. I, I'm not I'm not putting Arteta under that same um, vein, uh, sort of microscope. But I suppose, and also Wenger. It's not. I disagree with you that he didn't have a plan B. I think he he kind of. Um, he did over a little bit. I just think he was reticent to use it. You know, he had he or he used often his plan Bs in his plan A structure. So he had Giroud, mm. he had Sonogo, he had Bentner over the years. Just random people I can think of, like quite big, tall strikers who could who could nick a goal with their head. Um, I just wonder. You know, I suppose it is a, is a wait and see job in terms of whether next window Arteta brings in someone like that I don't know in place of Lacazette you know he clearly his plan A is playing with a Bamiyang but that is that's runs in behind and at the moment you know against a low block how can you do that there's a lot of unanswered questions um around Arteta's attacking philosophy and a lot around how he's going to implement that with the players that he has right now and moving forward and there's an there's two there's kind of two arguments right there's the well you've got to use what you've got which I understand, but equally, if you're not adept at coaching a plan B that you're not used to, or or or, or players, you know, a Lacazette, maybe he doesn't want to play in the way that he's playing when he has Lacazette on the pitch, and that's the only way he can he can do it with Lacazette dropping deep because he offers so little elsewhere. There's so many variables. I think the question is, he's got to get the most out of the player. For me, from my personal perspective, he's got to get the most out of the players he has at the moment. And we can think about plan Bs and futures and how he might want to play in the future, but he's got the group of player that, group of players that he's got at the moment. And, mm. you know, he can think about, and, and we, we'll, we'll see in January and future transfer windows, potentially what his plan is. I suppose my concern is at the moment, we don't appear to have much of an attacking, obvious attacking philosophy. Um, yeah, we just and don't. It's, yeah. It's concerning. Um, maybe it's a transitioning into a four-three-three thing. Maybe it's a, a lack in form. Obviously, Aubameyang and Lacazette haven't scored. I don't, I don't know. But but even it's it's the patterns of play. That's the concerning part. It's the mm. patterns of play. Yeah. Towards the end of last year, we it's... we we appeared to be bringing in these patterns of play. But now it just doesn't feel like we we are. Anyway, um, so Enketia scored. 
Mm-hmm. A, a very Enketia goal. Like if if someone was like, "Can you sum up Enketia in one goal?" I would be like, "Watch this one." <laughs> yeah. Like, it's perfect poacher's goal. Um, really nice, nice ball in from I think it was Nelson. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know whether set pieces have got better. Um, I feel like we're being more dangerous. We look like we got more of a plan at set pieces. I've said that before. Yeah. Um, we were crowding the goalkeeper. There looked like there there was a little bit of a a sort of more of a plan when Pepe can clear the clear the first man or not put it into the side netting. Um, he's quite he's bad That's at the, that. Is that is the worst. That is the worst, worst corner I've ever seen. He's bad at that, Pepe. He's he's not. I don't know. Maybe it's a concentration thing, but he's done that a lot. Horrific. What? Um, oh, I just yeah. It's better than Harry Kane on corners, in fairness. Yeah, in fairness. Um, Mate, so, Harry Kane is yeah. in such a vein of form. Yeah, it's it's upsetting. But they just lost to Anderlecht, so yeah. I've even caved and put him in my FBL team. Um. So the wheels are going to fall off. The wheels are going to fall off. Oh, they really are. There was a very sorry, quickly, and I cannot. Sorry wait. to cut from the the um, game analysis, but there, did you see Mourinho's Instagram post last night? <laughs> if you didn't see it, it was essentially Mourinho saying, "I." It was him on a bus with his head with his headphones on, like looking down, saying, um, "I I hated that." Everyone on this bus training eleven a.m. tomorrow. Sake. <laughs> Anyway, yes, Inketia scored um, a very Inketia goal. And then from there, we looked pretty comfortable. We scored that Willock goal straight after. Lovely touch from Willock, who I thought had a really good game. Um, I think, I know I said, uh, <laughs> I know, I'm looking for more from Willock. We had the conversation, yeah. We had the conversation that obviously does Willock offer more. And both of us, I think, gave a resounding no. But, you know, he did well. Golden assist on the night was one of the main kind of contributors. I I think he had a decent game. Yeah. Obviously it's Dundalk, but congrats to the guy. Yeah. He had he had some he had some lovely moments and I think he was um he looked he looks like he's maturing mm. and he looks, you know, I've I've said before I'm concerned about his development, to be honest. I, I still am. Um and I am also with Reese Nelson a little bit. Mm. Um, I think he had a great game yesterday, but as you say, and not to, you know, you can only beat what's in front of you, but it's it's Dundalk. Uh, again, no disrespect to them, but, you know, Reese Nelson should be absolutely, you know, wiping them off the off the field. Um, he was great against Leicester. In yeah. The about, like, he was... I, I, I'm interested. Like, we, we've got a question later about who, who potentially might be getting minutes from that game, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that later. Okay. Um, and then obviously we had uh, the halftime break and then we came back with a, a glorious, a glorious moment from Pepe. Ooh! It was on his right saucy. Peg. It was, there's a, there's a, there's a Nando's joke in here somewhere. Pepe, pepper, salt and pepper, salt and pepe, sauce, Something there's something here. Uh someone can work it out. <laughs> it's too early for me. Um so yes, uh it was I mean it's gorgeous. And who knew Pepe had a right foot? Yeah, I didn't. I definitely didn't. Oh he yeah. hits that better than some right footed players I've seen hit. It was so accurate. It was so accurate. And Clive, um Clive as in from the Arsenal Vision podcast, who is like my idol at the moment. I just love him. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was saying uh do you watch him? From yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's Hugh Wizzy. For you, it's Clive. Yeah, literally. But Clive, Clive, I don't. Right. Sorry if this hurts someone's ears. He does this. So when we talk about Pepe, uh, you know, we're saying it, um, basically. Um, so, <laughs> um, I just, I just love him. He's, he's so cool. Anyway, um, yes, he was saying essentially, you know, he's frustrating, but give him the ball and he can do that, and. It's not the best analysis in the world, but I think what he means is like, and I completely agree with, you can worry about Pepe, you can you can spend time analysing him, going what's going to happen. Ultimately, if you give him a ball in a good position, that's the key bit, give Pepe the ball in a good position, he can do something like that. He can, he can, he can, he can pull off. Yeah, I kind of want to, with him, I kind of want to draw parallels to Alexi Sanchez in that when Alexi Sanchez came, he was a very similar kind of player. Like you give him a ball in a good position, he'll run 
and he'll either get dispossessed or he'll shoot. And the one difference at the moment, I think, that we're seeing with Pepe and Alexi Sanchez's quality of team he's playing in. You put Sanchez in this ramshackled Arsenal team, he does not do as well as he did. And I think that he is very harsh and it's also very difficult to judge a player who was excellent in League One and has been excellent for us on a couple of occasions. You know, you don't score two free kicks in a game without some kind of level of technical quality. You don't do that last night without some level of technical quality. He has the quality. It's about finding the system and having the kind of right players that make this cohesive system that allow the players to play in their best ways. Because I think that's kind of Arteta's most difficult task. He not only has to get Aubameyang playing his best, but Pepe, Martinelli, Saka, Maitland-Niles, you know, Mustafi. Martinelli trained this week. I know, I'm so excited. He needs to get back in the team ASAP. Yeah. But yeah, um, so I just think that the the kind of better, the more, the better, the more, the kind of more, the higher quality players we get in the team, the the better we'll see Pepe do. I agree. Um, I think, I think he's, you know, listen, his his technical level has never been in question. He's clearly a wonderfully gifted and talented footballer. Um did you have gifted and talented at your school? Yeah. Yeah. He would have been on that little... What, what even was that? It was like a little program. What was in the gifted and talented list? Yeah, there was... was yeah. I, I can't really remember it, and I was too young to kind of... Were you on it? I don't think so. I was. But that's because everyone, like, if you have... Stop flexing on us, Brad. 40, no, no, no. If you have an IQ above 45 in Dunstable, you get put on the different, <laughs> like, gifted and talented list. <laughs> Maybe if you can read, write, and walk in a straight line, you're <laughs> Have you ever seen the clip of um, of Stewie from Family Guy when he's playing fo- when he's playing football, and literally all he does is like the ball rolls to him and he just kicks it, and it's literally like just rolls like not even like a foot in front of him, and then it cuts to they've made like a fucking gold statue of him, <laughs> like just smacking a ball in the air, and I'm like that is dance the ball for you. <laughs> That's funny. No, I, I, I don't really know what it was. It was just sort of like a program for people to, for their mums to feel better about them or something. Basically. I don't really yeah. know. Anyway, Pepe would be on the gifted and, ta- gifted and talented list. Oh, yeah. He's clearly a very, very technically assured footballer. He's clearly someone who, <sighs> confidence and um, system are really important for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Alexis comparison isn't bad. I think there's a, there's a huge component there of just pure confidence and Alexis's center, center of gravity. Oh yeah. Alexis could Oof. duck and dive and dart around a pitch and Pepe kind of glides a bit more. And I'd mm. like to see- Oh yeah, I'm not saying they're like that. I'm not saying they're the direct comparison, but I'm just saying almost in like the same way that they'll take the ball, they'll drive and they'll shoot. Yeah, of course. But the 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 as like just a basic mold. Yeah, the I I just want to see I think if we found a way to stop teams playing this low block against us, we might we might get a lot more joy because I think the space in behind and and, and that's the, that's why people don't play, people play low blocks against us because when when we have space in behind, we have a Bamiang, we have um, we have Pepe, we have Nelson, we have Enketia who can kill you. Um, they can kill you on the break, um, or certainly we can we can play out and kill you on the break. Um, even if it's not necessarily with runners. Mm. So, yeah, it's a compliment of sorts, but I think until we find that fix... 8-10. Maybe it's yeah. an 8-10. I don't know. I honestly don't know because it could be just a system thing. I don't know. Or, or, or Well, it's, it's, it's a creative... We have a creative issue at the club and you look at every team kind of performing well currently. They have a creator who they then build around structurally. Like Trent Alexander Arnold is a sh- shockingly defensive, right? Like back, he he can't, he barely defends. But that's because he's in that team to create. You know, you've got Robertson on the left hand side, who's a bit more of a fifty-fifty, can create as well as he defends. But then you look at the midfield three in front, and they at least. All that it's it's the engine room. It's the it's the runners. It's that they are the people who make up for the deficiencies of Trent. 
so Trent can get forward, whip those balls in, put those passes through, whip those crosses in. And then you've also got people like Bobby Firmino and then Salah Mane, who are also both equally as good at kind of creating as they are at scoring. And it's the same with Man City, Kevin De Bruyne. Doesn't, I'd never see him putting up ridiculous defensive numbers, but that's not his job. Our issue is, is we don't have a player whose job it is to purely create those opportunities at the moment. And we need to find out who that is or buy that person. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement. I, I think it's up to us to find our own individual solution to that, mm-hmm. whether that's internal, whether that's on, in players we already have, whether that's external, whether bringing in someone in that position, whatever it is. I'm not the coach of Arsenal Football Club. That's not my job. But it's clear the creative numbers aren't good. Um, obviously, we were on top last night and just to sort of round off the game, um, you know, we had 63% possession and dominated and... 25 shots to four you know, and... We were dominating, but it was Dundalk. And I, I know I keep saying that, but it's 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 important to remind ourselves that when Rem- we're not home yeah, and dry. remember that and and also that there was 40 minutes there where we where we were struggling against a low block and a, and a poor quality low block um so we're not out of the woods um i think some confidence would help um but yeah just just you know if you go back and watch that first half it just feels very again very u-shaped very horizontal you see that in the heat maps um you know, we 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 can pass a ball. There's no there's no doubt about that. But we're it's it's ineffectual a lot. And um, yeah, and especially uh, I agree. There's a, there's a there's a question in the quality of the players. You know, in the second half there, Klasnac with maybe the worst pass I've ever seen. Um, it was like he was angling up for a free kick to pass it about t- ten yards to Willian. I'm just absolutely spanked it. Um, but yes, uh, he's just terrible. He's just yeah. Terrible. I, and and listen, it's it's play, it's it's individual players. It's the system. It's 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 whatever it is. But I think until Arteta figures out how we can get through that low block, how we can push through um, in those situations, we're going to struggle. Um, and I don't, I don't want to be the the sort of downbeat bearer of bad news. But I imagine you know we've got a game against United coming up. I think actually the United game we might we might be okay because United might go for us because they've they've come off a good um, result in in the Europa uh, Europa League in the in the Champions League we wish um, they've come off, off a good result in the Champions League um, they've also got runners who who play like that they've got Greenwood and Rashford and 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 Fernandez who can play them in I wonder whether you know we're playing Mulder we're playing Villa uh, we're playing Leeds we're playing Wolves. And I'm not saying those teams don't have anything to offer us or anything to hit us against, but we, you know, we we should be at least competitive. And I'm concerned in those games that we're going to mm-hmm. get frustrated and we're going to be sat at the end of November without many points on the board because we haven't figured out how to get through those teams. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it is a concern for me. Um... We'll just have to wait and see. I think this is again like we've spoken about it before on the pod. It's it's the issues of kind of days gone past and years gone past. Like it's the it's the Gazidis era and the kind of end Wenger days that seem to be kind of almost shackling our team currently. Kind of, it's like we're walking around with like a fifty pound anvil, like shackled to our leg. Because yeah, you think of these players that luckily are ending next summer. You know, Mustafi, Socrates. Urzil, Louise, and we can then maybe kind of move forward with mm. rebuilding. But it's just a shame that we weren't able to do that this summer. Mm. And, you know, obviously the news came out that Mustafi was offered a contract extension. Now, while everyone is going mad, going like, oh, why are we doing this? What's what's going on? It's just protection of asset. It's... It's signing him on to a deal to sell him in the summer for money. And the only reason that Mustafi's turned it down is because he's gone, oh, so they're offering me a new deal, but nobody was coming in for me when I was on this deal anyway. So it's just going to hamper my chances of going elsewhere. And also it's 
it's a well-known fact that if you're a free agent, you can demand more money and a bigger signing on fee. So I do think that it's currently the issues of old that are hampering this. Because if you think, if we've got no Mustafi, if we've got no Kalazanak, if we've got no Socrates, you know, that's three spots. Two sp- It's two spots on the um, in the Premier League squad. And it's also a massive amount of wages off. Then if you also take the Ozil wages out of consideration, if we're talking about next season, you're talking at like 600 grand a week. So we will have something to play with next summer, which is great, but it will just be, it's just, it needs to, we need to, next summer, everyone kind of spoke about this summer as being the most important summer for Arsenal. And I agreed in a lot of sense. This, This was the summer where we needed to kind of just slightly get back on track. This was like the pre-warm-up to next summer. Next summer is like the be-all and end-all. Next summer is like when we need to get it right. We need to get every move right. We need to be bang on the money with it because it is the biggest opportunity we've had to rebuild our squad in five years since the beginning of the end for Wenger. The beginning of the end. Coming soon. For Wenger. Wenger. Uh, Yes, yeah, I, I I think every summer is 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 touted as the most important summer. I, I I don't know whether one is better than than another. Ultimately, we need to make the right decisions. Um, but yeah, yeah I, th- I think 100%. until then, I'm just looking for more from from Arteta, which I'd never thought I'd say on this podcast, Brad. Yeah, as no. a little, I'll I'll take off my Arteta branded underwear and uh, put it in the bin or something. Uh, okay, we've had a question from the sports analyst so he obviously analyzes sports or she that was very sexist to me wasn't it disgusting which player best staked a claim for premier league minutes personally i think nelson and willock showed some assets the team has been missing dribbling and pace from nelson and off the ball running and a desire to score from willock did anyone else impress amn eddie pepe uh, am I answering? Shall I go? Go on, Brad. Uh, I think the most logical out of the ones that we've mentioned is Nelson. Because, you know, Maitland-Nars is going to get minutes anyway. If Especially if we're playing this system. You know, Tierney will be playing that left centre-back role and Maitland will be playing that kind of left wing-back, slotting into midfield kind of role. So the one that I think has staked more of a claim, even though Willock was the better performer on the night, is Nelson. Because we are hoping at least to transition to an Alba through the middle style scenario, and if we do go Alba through the middle, do you think we? Do you think we definitely are? Well, I, I think from his comments saying that you know he is considering it, and I, yeah, I think the, the, one of the only reasons he was pushed out on the left to begin with was this idea that we had an elite centre forward in Lacazette that we needed to to keep in the squad, and I think now that most people are fast realising that Yaya Sanogo offered more at his time at Arsenal than Lacazette is currently. We hopefully, like he is the most, he like I will, I will say it, I will bang this drum until the day I die. Aubameyang is currently the best striker in the Premier League. Whether he's gone on a four-game goal drought or whatever, he had the same if not less amount of touches in the opponent's final third than Nathan Redmond last season and scored 22 goals and was one off the golden boot. If you're going to bang that drum till the day you die, you're going to say Aubameyang is the best striker in the Premier League until you're what? I don't want to put a date on your death, Brad. Yeah, I'll be saying it when he's long retired, mate. Um, But you just, it's, it's, he needs to be playing centrally. He's always had his best numbers through the middle. And I think that, for us, is the best option going forward. Because then at least we can play somebody on the left and we can play somebody on the right who offers some creativity when we don't have that creativity in midfield. So while I think that Willock was great yesterday, I don't think he replaces Party. I don't think he replaces Xhaka. And I don't think he replaces Ceballos. I think there's those three names are still, for Premier League minutes, way ahead of him. I would like to see uh, Willock in a three with Party and yeah, Ceballos, I think maybe, or Party and Xhaka. If you think, yeah, party and Ceballos at the base and then we'll look at the, at the kind of kind of that 8-10 driving role would be good. But I think that obviously that would mean Jack has dropped and I don't know whether Arteta is going to do that yet. Um, but I think that Nelson 
is possibly the best shout moving forward. Pepe's going to get Premier League minutes. He's our record signing and he's a good player. Like, if you're putting out your strongest Arsenal 11 in a 4-3-3, Pepe starts on the right. So he's going to get minutes. Yeah, depending on the team, yeah. You see, I don't even I don't even think it's depending on the team. I would start Pepe over William any day. I personally... But that's just because I'm not particularly impressed with what Willian has shown so far. Good first game, hasn't given us anything since. He's very tidy, Willian, but he's he's 32. And I and I, I hate to use age against a player, but like Aubameyang looks like he's coming into his prime, like in, in physically. And Willian just looks a bit like he's tidy on the ball, but he's not. he's got no explosiveness. He's got no kind of... I haven't seen anything yet that I think, oh, wow, that's got to go straight in our team. Yeah. But do I'd I like him at camp. Can, do I think teams can shut Pepe down quicker? Y- yes, probably than Willian. I think Willian can be more effective. I'm not saying very effective. I think he can be more effective when teams shut him down. I'd, I, I'd like to see Willian at camp. I'd also like to see Willian potentially in an attacking eight position. I'd like to see Saka there. I, I, I'll try anything, mate. Yeah, I think that's the thing. We've We've got to do some... I think what the important thing is to lock down the 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 definites and then we can play about with the incidentals. Like if we lock down Leno in goal, Bellerin at right back, Louisa right centre back, Magalhaes at left centre back, Tierney at left back, a midfield trio uh, with the base being party all the time and then either Sabayos and Xhaka and we can play around with that cam roll and then have a definite Abamyang, Pepe, Martinelli, Abamyang, Pepe, Saka. You're then only playing around with two positions in the team. And I think that at the moment what we're doing is we're playing around too much and we're not we're not able to build a sense of comfortability we're, or like kind of just a sense of how people play when they're in those positions. And so you I think don't, it is and, and, and- and sorry to inter- interrupt, but also just no, no, to no, go add to that point, you you don't, as a player, you have to know where people are. Sal- Salaman, Salaman and and Firmino, they know where each of them are going to be making those runs. Firmino knows the sort of runs that Mane makes, knows the sort of runs that Salah makes. That midfield, although it changes, they all know each other. They played with that thing. And I think you can, yeah, you're right. When you get a a team that kind of gets to know each other, uh, in a way, or or there's or there's just definites. You know that Liverpool back line. You know when when everyone's fit. You know that Liverpool front line. They can play around with the midfield, and you know it's important. And that's but the, as you said earlier, the creativity comes from those those fullbacks and from the the from Firmino dropping deep. So they know where those runs are going to come from. They know the, the movement of each player. So and it's important. And I think at the moment we. Who you know? We don't have one player who feeds you know feeds the same person every week. It's the it's the Son and Kane thing, you know. Like they're doing so well because they they play with each other with each other for four years. Yeah, we do just need to kind of lay down the the definites and kind of go. Okay, this is the line. This is the. I wouldn't mind just going with the same formation every week, even if we're going up against tougher opposition, because I think we're not yet at a stage where as a team we can play well together like adapting all the time so i just think stick with a four like you put out a 4-3-3 stick with a 4-3-3 no matter what change personnel for certain games absolutely but abamyang through the middle has to be a, a certainty now it has to be if i like you cannot like Enketia is a good off the bench or cup game striker currently. Whether he becomes world class and becomes more like Alan Shearer rather than Francis Jeffers, who knows? But Aubameyang is our best striker. He needs to play through the middle. Party is one of our best midfielders. He needs to play at centre mid. We just need to nail down those positions so we can experiment around them. Because at the moment, what it feels like we're doing is experimenting with the entire team, and it's not working. It's not. We 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 lost against the the kind of most beatable Man City team in years. We lost against the Leicester team that had maybe four or five of their first team players overall. And something is wrong, and we need to fix it. And I think the only way to do that is by just playing players in their best position and hoping for the best. Because <laughs> the Bradley, the Bradley Adams School of Management. <laughs> 
mate. That's <laughs> but that's currently all we've got because we we need to improve on Louise at right centre back. We need to improve and get another midfielder in. We need to improve on our kind of options but we're not in a transfer window at the moment we need a kind of 810 who's creatively minded you know I've said before Xhaka in a team will not win you a Premier League he's too limited he can ping a ball 40 yards but he's not a creatively minded player and he's also not very mobile so all he offers you is that left foot and it's not good enough also with Xhaka I know you said he can ping a ball 40 yards has he recently like he can, no. but like he has it. He's he's very much. But just we, we're not plays giving the him the options to this slightly forward. He plays the ball slightly forward and sideways and leads a bit. And it's like, yeah, great. Yeah, what else do you offer us? Like I don't know. I, I think yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of positions to be addressed. There's a lot of systemic things to be addressed. Um, but we knew that that's part of this kind of this project, and that's that's yeah. something we've got to look at moving forward. Uh, just the last little bit from me then. So looking ahead to United on, is it Sunday? Yeah, it's Sunday, isn't it? Um, <sighs> United on Sunday. How are you feeling? Uh, not particularly confident. Oh, no. Um, I was feeling confident for the City game. And while I think we were... Look, I th- I'm, I've said it before on like the last three podcasts, we should have had a penalty and the game probably finishes 1-1. But, um, you know, we lost that one and it was the most beatable City side, you know, missing most of their key players. Our last Premier League game, we lost to a Leicester team that were just absolutely dogged by injuries. You know, they're playing a, they're playing a makeshift left back. They're playing, you know, Castagne at right back. They've not got in. They literally they didn't have Indeedy, Vardy, Pereira, Soyuncu, so many of their quality players. And I just think that with this United side, even though it could be an absolute Harry Maguire disaster class, they'll be able to hit us on the break. And you know, Rashford's just scored a hat trick against Salzburg, not Salzburg against Leipzig. Um, I yeah, I'm not particularly confident. I think. If we get a result, it will be very lucky. It will be like a 1-0 89th minute winner <laughs> if we get a result, but I don't think we will, which is why the Leicester game was so important. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we're looking at nine points from 21 if we lose this game. Yeah, I think we've been a little bit unlucky with the fixtures in terms of we've got had quite a few away games against teams that finished above us. Well, three um, of the top five, like, obviously, you know, if you talk top six, we're part of the top six. So mm. top five, three of the other top 16, uh, we've already played away from home. Yeah. But I don't, the thing is, is home advantage doesn't really matter. Maybe it's good to get those out of the way, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not confident either. I feel yeah. like this whole podcast has been me and you just being like, well, that's shit. Uh, not confident for that. But equally, you know, we won last night, and but it, the, the thing is, is it does it does kind of just show like how a stretch of results can affect you confidence wise, and probably and it'll still affect for the players. players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how do we <laughs> how do we pick our listeners up, Brad? How do we um, tell them everything's going to be fine? I think we just have to all be honest and. Um, Realised that at the beginning of the season, we were calling this a transition year. And it is going to be a transition year. And in that transition, there's going to be bumps. We're going to lose to Leicester teams that we shouldn't. We're going to lose to Man City teams that we should be giving more of a game to. And we're going to get bad decisions that go against us that are going to cost us games. That's going to happen until VAR is sorted out. But the important thing is just to understand that there is kind of light at the end of the tunnel. We have a great manager, in my opinion. We have a solid core of players. And once we kind of get some of them out, once we get rid of Mustafi, get rid of Socrates, you know, get the money in for Ozil, about 350 a week, hopefully sell Kalazanak, you know, and then we can move forward into creating more of a cohesive squad and system. Next season was always going to be much, much more successful than this season. What we've just got to do with this season, I think, is just approach every game with the same hit and hope mentality that every game is an opportunity and though we don't feel confident we still have the quality of players to win it 
Aubameyang's the best striker in the league and could easily smash one from 25 yards and we win the game 1-0. I'm going to put some inspirational music behind that. Have you got a, have you got an inspirational quote for us? Um, oh, what was the quote that you really liked from like eight episodes ago? You show me lo- um, loyalty. Yeah, but I feel like we need a new one. How about don't stop believing? Hold on to that feeling. Streetlights. And people. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Dog Podcast. It's been a pleasure. It has. Thank you very much, Alex. And we shall see you on Monday. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. If you did enjoy that and want to hear some more, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using for a new podcast every Monday and Thursday. If you want to support the show and get access to exclusive content, check us out on Patreon and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DiffKnock. Thanks. Podcast Network.